Warhammer fantasy news, hobby, lore, and more. Welcome to the War Games Orchard with Nathan and GJ. Not all good things come in threes. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. It's Nathan and GJ with you today. And we have something very fun and very different and very vague because I actually don't know what we're going to be doing today. GGA has taken over and he's got some, I think, interesting questions for me, some real puzzlers, perhaps. I don't know. So we're uh, we're going to find out together, you and I today, listeners. But before we do that, of course, let's talk about some news. One of the things that you might have noticed over... Now, the past couple months is that we've slowly been changing things up at the orchard. We've been trying some new things. We've been doing some stuff that is a little bit different than when I started the show. And I think that's kind of just the natural evolution of how these things go. But it's also been kind of out of necessity. Uh, school and, and work and things have been really challenging in some scheduling ways for me and uh, GJ really kind of stepped up and he has been my lord and savior for this podcast because I don't know if I'd still be doing it (laughs) without him Um, and so we wanted to kind of reflect this kind of change in in this Warhammer or Wargames Orchard 2.0 as I'm kind of calling it. So you'll notice that the intro has changed up. We're going to be changing up the logo. We're going to be changing up the way that uh, certain episodes are done. And you're going to find a little bit more production value in certain parts. And just kind of making the show into something a little bit fresh, a little bit new. Uh, But of course, still the same Warhammer Fantasy content that you know and love. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to touch on was our Patreon, uh, which I've been very confused about over the past several months, just in terms of could I keep it going? What is it going to be in the future? Is it providing value to the listeners, to the Patreon subscribers who have been just so wonderful for this show and and paying for the hosting costs and uh, just being all around great people? So last month I had it on hold and I thought, okay, that gives me time to try and figure out what we want to do with this going forward. And I figured that I'd probably have it on hold for a while because, you know, I wasn't really there yet on what was going to happen. But GJ uh, came up with some tremendously good ideas for the Patreon And we're going to be kind of tackling it together from now on as partners. And that gives me kind of faith that between the two of us, we can keep up what we're doing, keep up the content, put maybe a couple things out in a month, you know, just as we have time. I've got some ideas. GJ's got some ideas. And we're going to kind of keep doing some of the things that we have been doing in the past, like bonus episodes and that kind of thing. So after a very short hiatus, uh, the Patreon is back up. Uh, Not that it ever really went away. You could always subscribe to it. It's just uh, now it's it's going to be active again starting in uh, this month. So August. And if you want to check that out, it's the patreon.com slash wargamesorchard. 
it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And it's going to be something where if you like the show, if you want to help us out, if you want to throw a few dollars our way, fantastic. We're going to try and give you a little something extra there. So just some changes on the horizon, some things coming back and uh, some things to look forward to going forward. And uh, GJ, I just want to say thanks so much again for doing all of the incredible episodes that you've been doing. There's uh, still some more bonus GJ content to come out, and some of it's going to be coming out probably this week, actually, uh, as well as this episode. So a lot to look forward to there. Well, thanks, mate. It's it's my absolute pleasure. I love doing these episodes, uh, both with you and, and the solo ones. And I, just, I love just researching everything, delving into the lore, seeing what I can find, and then putting together an episode around a theme or uh, um, just something that, that's on my mind. It, it gives me one of those uh, creative outlets that uh, I apparently also need to have and uh, just just sitting down and painting is not always uh, going to cut it so i'm very happy that you will have me on the show and uh, that uh, that i can be a, a bit of a bigger part of it uh, yeah, yeah yeah well you you basically graduated from war games orchard intern to grand war boss there wasn't there wasn't any steps in between there and i don't know when it happened but it did happen at some point it was just hey gj's on the show oh gj's you know he's he's doing regular episodes with us now gj's doing his own stuff now gj is a big driving force between the show uh i couldn't i couldn't tell you just exactly how it progressed but it it has and it's uh it's been really nice and uh yeah so everyone uh, bow down before your new War Games Orchard Overlord. Uh. <laughs> I, I think that's a big much. Uh, I, I think you're still the Overlord. Uh, you started uh, all this, but uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to uh, to participate. Uh, maybe I, I see myself more as a big boss than as a war boss. Okay, all right. You'll you'll get there. You'll get there. When when my back's turned someday, you can uh, you can get the power claw and just. Uh, just, oh uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the classic the, the sneak, method of uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's more the goblin way of doing it, but you know, you do you. Yeah, yeah. However, you want to you want to grab and seize power. You know, I'm, <laughs> look forward to the day. Uh, <laughs> so let's do, hit on some hobby here. I can't say that I have been ultra active, but there's there's been a couple of things that I've been doing that have been lots and lots of fun. And the first one is the ever popular pastime of painting space marines. But this is more different than my normal just like pick up a space marine, choose some funky colors and go to town. Uh, I recently got my hands on some of the new Mark Six Horus Heresy space marines. Uh, really, really good price. Just, just a like a, a bunch of them, and I've always kind of flirted with the idea of doing something with the heresy with the new edition out. I'm just like, mm, maybe I'll dip my toes in the water, kind of thing. Uh, my buddy Patrick has a whole ton of Iron Warriors and Dark Angels and stuff. So even if I just make something small, I could always have kind of an allied game that kind of thing. So I have people to play with if if I ever want to get into it. And this new edition seems to take a lot of cues from third ed 40k, which uh, is is my jam very much. So I've been painting these 
test models uh, in the different Legion styles. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And I've been having so much fun that I kind of don't want to make a Legion. I just kind of want to keep painting these up in different colors. But then I'll just end up with like 40 Space Marines that are all like a rainbow of of weirdness. And part of me really likes that. And part of me is just like, you should maybe pick one of these eventually. So I've painted up an Alpha Legion, a, uh, Son- a Sons of Horus, a Word Bearer, or not a Word Bearer, sorry, a World Eater, an Ultramarine, and a Blood Angel. And like even these, what's weird about this is that I've painted like a million Blood Angels and Ultramarines. Like I'm not even doing something really new here i'm just painting up these new models in the same scheme and being like oh they look so pretty it's like i already knew i like these paint schemes so i'm not sure what i'm doing right now i'm leaning towards the world eaters because i really like that white uh and, and the the blue pauldrons and you can really make them dirty and scruffy i've gotten really into battle damage on kind of my 40k side like the sci-fi type of things i still like very clean stuff for fantasy but for 40k i've started to get a little grittier with my paint schemes and i really like the way that uh, the world eater turned out so he he might be the winner uh it this is kind of one of those projects that is i think a very much like pick away at it every now and again type of thing other than that i've been playing a ton of I say a ton. I've, I've had a few more games, which for me is a ton of uh, one page rules with my father-in-law. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if one page rules is just my game or if the lizard men that he uses are, are somewhat underpowered or if it may be just the fact that he's not really played many war games in the past. But I am somewhat unstoppable. <laughs> I have I have won, I think, our past six or seven games, which is easily my biggest winning streak of anything ever like you can just my life it might be my biggest winning streak uh so it it's been a lot of fun though i can't say enough good things about the one page rules they're just really fun they're really easy to pick up there's all sorts of extra options there and you can make the games as simple or as complex as you want the the basis is very much kind of like that that age of sigmar type of thing but you can do uh, fantasy regiments that is very much kind of the Warhammer fantasy thing kind of mixed with with Age of Sigmar. It's, it's a neat type of way to do it. We've been doing the Age of Fantasy skirmish game, which is uh, very small scale. So 250 points, five to 10 guys. And uh, it's just been absolutely wildly fun. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. I, it's been a been a pretty good summer, all things considered, at least for for getting to play that and and getting to play a couple of games of the uh, Third Ed 40k. So I'm I'm very pleased at this point with how the summer's turned out. I don't know that I'm going to get much more because uh, after this weekend, the rest of the weekends until I go back to school are all spoken for already. <laughs> so it'll be a challenge. But uh, GJ, what? has come across your hobby desk and what kind of games have you been up to oh uh a lot on both of those um people who are in the orchard facebook group may remember me posting up say a month and a half ago 
about me planning to do a summer of scenery. I have some half-finished scenery projects and I wanted to finish them this summer. But I sort of upgraded to um, a macro scale, scale one-on-one. And I am currently using all the spare time that I have to renovate my house, at least during the days. In the evenings, I still have some painting time. I have finished the Gatherings of Mighty Painters challenge and for the last month I painted uh, 29 of the Monopose High Elf Archers uh, plus two full command groups of those. I painted another unit of 12 of the Metal Archers, uh, that's including a command group. I did a, I believe it was a hero with, uh, with a bow and a hero with a um with a sword and shield um Selefin, he's called i think that uh, he he, I, he played a role in the uh, storm of chaos um this is a, just a regular high elf hero that's gotten a name like like the ones that, that are in those campaign packs and uh so that that i i don't remember how many miniatures i painted maybe you you've kept count but uh, that plus two great eagles plus uh i believe i did a, a unit of 10 skinks really quickly skinks with blowpipes uh, in between the month six and month seven of the gathering of mighty painters just to break up the high elves uh started on some ogres and then i put those ogres on hold because i had some games planned started on a uh, high elf battle standard bear that i need to finish for a game i have next friday and i have also started on a empire wizard the um he's the one that came with the seventh edition army box the bright wizard with the flames all over his back a really cool miniature and this was basically me just thinking ah, i have the airbrush out now i might as well uh do something more than just the two great eagles that i was painting so um yeah painting wise that's that's uh, a lot of things i've been doing in at least the past month Uh, For gaming, I have had a remote game of Warhammer Skirmish, and you will really like this, Nathan, because we pitted (laughs) High Elves versus Dark Elves. Okay. uh, I was playing the Dark Elves, and the scenario was to uh, destroy the bridge. The Dark Elves were on the north side of the river, and there was 100 points of Dark Elves versus uh, 200 points of High Elves. And there was a bridge and a fort. And the high elf player, he took a lot of Phoenix Guard because he thought they have a 4 plus ward save. And uh, well, they actually didn't in 6th edition, but he said, I just combine everything. So he he granted me to have the murderous prowess rule. And I granted him to have his 4 plus ward save on his Phoenix Guard. And I took for my regiment, I took uh, a witch elf champion, two witch elves, two corsairs, and two uh, crossbowmen. And that was it. And he had um, uh-huh. he had one Illyrian Reaver and 10 Phoenix Guard plus one Phoenix Guard Captain. So uh, the bridge could only be destroyed by three uh, people at the same time. So I just rushed those frenzied girlies up there and they took two turns to destroy the bridge. There were a couple of people on the bridge already, but they didn't fall into the river. The rest had to make a way to the fort. 
Uh, the fort had a rule that anything that crosses it on a roll of a one or a two is swept away by the river. His first five Phoenix Guard made it across, uh, and, and the Reaver made it all across uh, without drowning. So um, my Corsairs and the uh, crossbowmen that were there, they, they were pretty hard-pressed. They did manage to do some some damage, but then uh, when his next wave came, the ones that had that he had sent to the bridge initially that had to uh, wait a bit and, and go around, uh, some of them drowned, and my witch elves um they they did some damage uh they also got knocked down and then they didn't die so they they got to st- stand up again in skirmish you have like those more time rules where when a warrior loses his last wound mm-hmm. it can still be either knocked out or stunned or uh be permanently killed and the um high elves had to take route tests if you lose a quarter of your army you have to take a route test, which is just a basic leadership test on the highest leadership of your army. And if you fail it, you run. Uh, the Dark Elves didn't have to do that because they had this stalwart resolve rule. And in the end, uh, he passed his first route test, but he failed his second with a leadership of nine. And I had at that point just a single um, Witch Elf and the Witch Elf champion left so those two ladies they they won me the day and uh, i can see you smiling here on the webcam yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I thought <laughs> this this would be right up your alley i i love a happy ending i really do <laughs> yeah uh so yeah apart from that i've also played a 2500 points game against uh, emil Schreier, who is a big fan of the show was the first time i met him we have been in touch he lives about uh, 50 minutes away from me by car um had a lovely d- game we actually did a short recap um that's th- that we recorded uh and i plan on putting that in a future episode so i'm not going to tell you much about this game but i i, I then played high elves he played undead and uh it it was a high elf victory but it was only because of the whole hero hammer aspect uh, uh, okay. in the end i had a lord on dragon a mage and two great eagles that were on the other side of the battlefield and and i won by um casting a spell that uh, was just devastating to undead and uh, killed his lich and then the rest Ah. just crumbled but it was Ah. it was very exciting right up to the very end and i was about to uh, yeah i i had not expected to win that one i uh, i won just because of a single spell so that's, uh, um, yeah, that, that's also a part of Warhammer, especially in fifth edition in Hero Hammer. That's uh, what you get. That so, is uh, definitely yeah. what, what happens sometimes. Yeah. 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 Oh, awesome. Great. Um, before we start with the main segment, I do have a couple of things to shout out. Uh, one of them is that uh, Rich contacted us via Instagram and he said, uh, hey, we are running a sixth edition event in October in Williamsburg, Virginia. And he asked me to uh, shout it out on the podcast, which I am, of course, going to do. Um, the event is at Call to Arms. It's held on October 9th, uh, like I said, Williamsburg, Virginia. And I'm guessing that's in the United States. Um, it's uh, called the Search for Indin von Jonas. Uh, a 2000 point narrative Warhammer Fantasy 6th edition event. 
the famed explorer Indian von Jonas has reportedly gone missing after discovering an ancient magical tome. Powerful heroes from the northern chaos wastes to deep in the jungles of Lustria begin their search for the famed explorer. So uh, you have to bring a 2,000 points Warhammer 6 edition army. Um, up to 10 players will play uh, three 1 versus 1 games. And uh, there will be no entry fee uh, except for a cost to um, enter the convention. Um, apparently, Call to Arms is a, is, is a convention. I didn't know that until I read this just now. And uh, there will be some prizes as well. So it sounds like a really fun event. Um, sadly, I won't be able to make it on October 9th to go to uh, to the US from here. Um, mostly because, uh, well, I, I don't think I can... Uh, find either the time or the money to just hop over for a single Warhammer event. But if you are in the vicinity of uh, of Virginia, uh, of Williamsburg, and, or if you are planning to go there, then uh, do give them a call. Uh, another event that you might have also heard about is that we are going to have a Dutch Old Hammer event, which is in October on October the 29th, uh, on a Saturday. Um the person who organizes that, uh, Sjoerd, he has been interviewed on the Crown of Command podcast, which I can also highly recommend. As he, uh, Josh put out this uh, double Dutch episode. Uh, one part was an interview with Sjoerd, who's running the event. And I'm also playing a role in that in doing a fifth edition escalation campaign, also a, a narrative campaign. And... Um, the other part of the Double Dutch event was uh, Josh interviewing me because I am doing the Call of the Crown Painting Challenge Edition 2 starting also in October. So uh, if any of the Orchard listeners have not heard about that already uh, and you do want to sign up or check it out, um, yeah, the... I have I I'm start I have decided to use my own personal hobby blog for this for this painting challenge. So if you go to gjsworkshop.wordpress.com, then you will find all the information on how to enter and everything. It's also been broadcast on Facebook. So uh, yeah, that's um, if you want some incentive to paint your models, then uh, feel free to sign up. And speaking of painting challenges, Nathan, uh, we've also reinstated the Wargames Orchard painting challenge. Yes, we have, which I totally forgot to mention. Um, yeah, thank you for for doing that. Uh, so GJ's come up with a great theme for for the uh, last summer month here. I mean, well, last full month of the summer, I should say. Tell us a little bit about uh, what what we're what we're doing this month. Well, the theme is too hot to handle, and it's very fitting since here in the Netherlands we are about to enter a heat wave. And I know that, especially here in Europe, multiple countries have been coping with heat waves in these past few weeks. So I thought too hot to handle, that sounds like uh, something that's both specific and ambiguous enough to give your own twist. Um, I, I was thinking about doing that uh flaming empire wizard but yeah it doesn't really fit in with the whole zombie pirate team i have going so i have now started to uh, i've actually already built an undercoated um 
a zombie who is sitting on like a uh, a deck chair or a beach chair with <laughs> uh, one of those reflective screens uh, catching the sunlight. I was uh, talking to this on Discord with uh, Marcel Josh from Germany. And he said, oh, you have to also give him sunglasses. And I've given him sunglasses. Um, I've got this other zombie hand coming up out of the ground to function as a table, going to put a a glass with a little straw and umbrella on there. Um, Can't wait to get this buddy painted. But yeah, still, uh, high elves have been uh, mostly on my mind. And also for the whole uh, Crown of Command challenge, I... I uh, did not know what to paint. I have so many armies. I just held a community vote and, and they said, uh, well, just do Beastmen. For some reason, people wanted me to do Beastmen. So now I've been uh, s- stripping Beastmen and and uh, going to prep them to do a uh, at least 2,000 points army for my own challenge. So also looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be mostly contrast, so I'm not going to make this too difficult on myself. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just see how this uh, how this all works out. Great stuff. I can say for my own entry into the uh, our painting challenge, I should say, I am going nurglings at the beach. That is the theme. I have an idea. I've got some spare nurglings. I think it'll look really fun. Um, there may or may not be some beach balls involved. We'll we'll see. (laughs) The first thing that pops to mind is that scene in uh, Despicable Me where all the minions have been captured and they've been put into this like beach prison where they're all um, sitting at the beach, uh, having the time of their lives, uh, surfing, uh, throwing beach balls around, singing karaoke. Uh, (laughs) But then that, that but with Nurglings. I mean, it's I, I want to go for that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I just want them to have, be having a great time beating the summer heat at the beach. Um, yeah, I, I've been thinking more and more about that. Uh, the uh, Call of the Crown one, just just where I have that that Nagash sitting there staring at me on my uh, painting desk every day. Oh, that would be very fitting. It would be, right? And I, I feel like I've got enough old, well... With Nagash, and considering he's like 700 plus points, I feel like I've got enough undead to do maybe the 1500 point one. Have to see, but uh, it's it's very tempting. It's very tempting. I, at least I've got a little bit of time to decide here. But uh, yeah, you've got until the yeah. end of September. So uh... yeah, the nice thing is, though, that like skeletons are pretty easy to paint. You can't really, yes. you know, you, there's no there's not many ways to go super wrong with skeletons. And uh, they can benefit from like really nice paint schemes or really simple paint schemes. So, yeah, yeah. Dry brushing is your friend. That's true. That's true. Like I said, I think in the last episode, I could could spend seven months on Nagash and then (laughs) (laughs) knock out the rest of the army (laughs) in that last month. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great stuff, TJ. I, I love how much is going on. It's really, really cool. And and to Rich and the guys in Virginia, thanks so much for reaching out. Uh, I wish you the absolute best if uh, if I had a way to get down there, and I certainly don't, uh, but I, I would love to love to do that. I love that people are keeping these uh, these versions of Warhammer alive at events and stuff and kind of raising the awareness for Old Hammer. It's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah. All right, GJ. Uh, so we've got this podcast and we're going to do something and I don't know what it is. You haven't told me. He refused to tell me even, even in our pre-show, he was just like, no, no, you got to wait. You got to wait. And I begged and I pleaded and he was like, you're going to find out live. So Yes, it was all too <laughs> Well, uh, you you asked for a for a opener, and I had to say, uh, not all good things come in threes, um, because I am going to put some options in front of you, and these options are going to be at least four. Most are four, some are five, some are even more. Oh, and no, so many. I just want to hear what is the first thing that pops into your mind and why. And this can be for any reason. So um, let me start with a non-Warhammer example. Uh, I know you also like Harry Potter. So I I am going to put the choice before you. Gryffindor, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, or Hufflepuff? Gryffindor. Gryffindor, definitely. That and was always that? that. That was always the house that I saw myself in. I was, uh, I, I guess, maybe a little self-aggrandizing, uh, but they always seemed like so much more fun than the other three houses. And let's face it, I was is I read these books uh, kind of at the age like Harry Potter would have been, which is which kind of made me love them all the more, right? So I, I started reading them around I think grade five or six, and so I kind of grew up with these books. And I never saw myself anywhere else because I was just like, hmm, well, I'm not smart enough to be a Ravenclaw. I'm not crafty enough to be like a Slytherin. I just I don't have that kind of killer instinct. Uh, And Hufflepuffs, I was just like, look, I just don't. You guys seem nice, but you also seem kind of boring. So I was just like, give me the adventures. Give me like the Gryffindor. Like, absolutely. as far as the houses go, I think the I, I like I, I like the Raven Raven uh, Claw stuff the best though. Like I, I love ravens, I love crows, so they're my favorite aesthetic. But yeah, it's it's Gryffindor all the way for me. Yeah, you could have also gone with aesthetic. The, 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 anything, yeah. like I said, anything that pops into mind. Uh, for me, for the same reason as what you said, uh, the house I see myself in, except that for me it would be Ravenclaw uh, because I do like uh, riddles and puzzles, um, the, the the whole uh, yeah intellectual thing that you kind of get some glimpses in from in the books. Uh, I, I love that they just have a a riddle to get into that common room, uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah for me, they it would, it would have been Ravenclaw, but, uh, they never got enough, way. uh, they never got enough spotlight in the Harry Potter yeah. books, the Ravenclaws, yeah. right. They were there in the background, but I would have loved to have seen more of their stuff. Right. Cause you get, to, you get into the Slytherin chambers every now and then they're like weird little dungeon that they have. You, you I think you even go into like the Hufflepuff common room a few times. But like Ravenclaw is always just kind of in the background and you're like, well, these are the smart kids, though, right? Like they should be they should kind of be running the show a little bit, right? Yeah. To my knowledge, you you only go in there once, which is at the sort of at the very end uh, during the Battle of Hogwarts where they have to uh, find the the, the crown, the diadem. uh, Oh, I forgot uh, all about that. Yeah, I I really didn't like the last book. I thought it was kind of really bad. <laughs> just for whatever reason, I yeah. love the series. Like I love the series. This isn't me knocking the series. Uh, but that last book was a slog. I felt like it was maybe 
twice as long as it needed to be. It was, and yeah, definitely. The the first half, nothing happened. And then yeah. in the latter half, you had everything happening all at <laughs> once. It's like, whoa, I, I finished the book, but I I have no idea what I just read. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of thought that Harry should have died. I thought there should have been more. Yeah. I know a lot of he, background he did, characters he died, did, but he, he sort of, kind of, almost went to sleep for a little bit. Like <laughs> that was about it. I I just felt like there should have been more consequence to the the final battle and Voldemort's death and stuff. And like, I don't know. It would just, yeah, yeah. It wasn't my favorite part of the series. No, but before no. I, I'm going to turn this into the, a Harry Potter podcast. Yes, if we keep um, going. but I, I like this. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like this uh, this idea. So yeah, hit me so, hit me uh, up. Right, what do we got? Now that we get your practice question onto Warhammer, good, neutral, evil, or chaos? Oh, chaos. Every all day, every day. Give me, give me I that knew, wild. I knew you were going energy. to say that. Oh yeah, I yeah. knew it. Yeah. I think anyone, anyone familiar with the podcast and and the things we do on the podcast, yeah, should know. It's just more fun. Chaos has more fun. It is, and as you may have guessed, I have uh, sort of divvied up the uh, the factions between these four. Um, between these four main categories. So, um, starting off with chaos, mortals, demons, beastmen, or chaos dwarfs. Oh, oh, baby, that's. Oh my God, you're. This is this is like you asking me which of my children is my favorite, and I actually legitimately like all of my children. Like, so it's really hard. Uh, oh demons demons i'm sorry uh i feel bad now i feel like i should apologize to the beastmen and to the to the uh like the chaos dwarves the chaos dwarves are kind of a fun novelty to me like i like them a lot and i would love a bunch of the fourth ed ones you know just because i i love those models i love that era but they they never speak to me like like the true kind of children of chaos do beastmen are great and I've come to appreciate them more and more as time goes on. The mortals are so iconic, especially the chaos warriors, right? Like what more could you ask for as far as like evil knight goes than, than a chaos warrior. But for me, the demons are really kind of the heart and soul of chaos. And I just love all of them. There's, there's not a, a God that I don't enjoy. There's not models, even through all of the eras of the models that I've, I've kind of lived through. So from the hero hammer to, to modern day, it's always a range that I look at and I can go, yeah, I, I like this. I dig this. It's, it's always very unique in the game systems, whether it's in fantasy or 40 K or age of Sigma or whatever. And I just love how kind of self-defeating they are at times, right? Like you, you get these, these things. And I guess a lot of Warhammer factions are kind of like this where they you know if if they had just not succumbed to hubris or if they've just not done this or that they'd be in a much better place and the demons they're always just like yeah we're gonna win eventually so you know we don't we don't have to be strategically sound we don't have to worry about like you know uh if a bloodthirsters rampaging around the old world you know a, a greater demon of 
uh, Zinch can just kind of like mess with him a little bit, right? And and make it so that you know his whatever errand he's on fails because eventually they know they're they're gonna win. So the world's just their playground. The galaxy is just their playground, and I like that a lot. I would have given the same answer, but for a different reason. I would not have chosen chaos, uh, by the way. Um, mm, I figured I, you I, wouldn't. No, I, I well, I, I'm just looking at the armies that I have written here, and for me, it would have been a toss-up between neutral and evil. Although I probably slightly would have enjoyed evil a little bit more than neutral, but there are some some good things to say for the armies I put in neutral. Um, I would have chosen demons mostly because of the aesthetic on the battlefield. You have all these different colors, uh, mm. bright colors usually. You have these uh, different models that look completely different. I mean, a, a Chaos Warrior is a Chaos Warrior, and, and you can slap a different paint scheme on him, but it's still the same model. But a Bloodletter looks completely different from a Plague Bearer in, in whatever edition you're playing. So just for that reason, I probably would have chosen Demons in this uh, setup. Absolutely. Um, the color thing is such a good point too, because they just they do look so good on the battlefield and they look so striking, right? You immediately your eyes are just drawn to that force when whenever you see them on the tabletop and you're just like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I got a couple of those big ones in between there, uh, a big demon prince with his mm-hmm. wings spread out or a bloodthirster. That's uh, yeah, that's uh, not easy to miss on the battlefield that's true although i have to say i of all the chaos things that i have painted uh it's been mostly mortals and a couple of beastmen i I haven't yet painted any demons although i have some planned um but not too near in the future unfortunately Uh, hopefully i will get across some uh, during the next year so uh then it will probably be demonettes or or some slanesh themed thing that I can use with a um a cult of slanesh army list. Nice, great choice. So same question, but then for the good armies, or at least the ones that I have uh, grouped with together with the good ones. High elves, Britonia, Empire, and Dwarfs. Ooh, that's a tough one. You know what? Out of all of these, I might go high elves. And I I think that maybe I I don't collect a lot of good armies, honestly. Like looking at at this list, I was like, oh, I have some fifth ed Bretonia, but that's and and I've got some high elves in a box somewhere. Uh, But that's about it. And I think for the high elves, it's really it's it's the grudging respect on the battlefield. Uh, because they have bedeviled me since the beginning. And it's my natural Dark Elf player envy to all of the fancy toys and rules that they get. And so like, there's a part of me that's just like, ooh, high elves. And then there's a part of me that's just like, man, I kind of wish we were like high elves a little bit more. <laughs> we had the citizen levy rule. We had the sword master rule. <laughs> it's just, I wish we had all of these fun things that they have. But honestly, for me, high elves, because a well-painted high elf army is just about the most beautiful thing that you can see in Warhammer, right? You get like the, the, the beautiful silvers, the whites, they're so bright. They're so good looking on the tabletop ranked up high elf spearmen look so good. Uh, they've always had a beautiful model range and it's just, 
very classic fantasy, but done so well. And that's everything that the high elves are. And yeah. Uh, also, again, kind of like their self-defeating nature. I always like that sixth ed rule where it was your general was determined by politics, not by you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, high elves for me. But choice, yeah, I would have gone with dwarfs, and that might just be a spur of the moment thing. I've been, um, I've caught up with most of the podcasts that I'm listening to, so I started listening to a uh, Warhammer roleplay live playthrough of fourth edition. Uh, the podcast is called Gallows Geists. They have, uh, I believe, something like eighty-eight sessions or episodes, and the last one was titled finale which was over a month ago that it came out so i think they are done but at the beginning of the podcast they said well we're going to do another we're going to keep going as long as people are interested so i don't know how this is going to progress but in this uh, group you have uh, an elf a dwarf and two humans and i just love the way the dwarf is played he, he's throwing in words in gazelet and he's he's just um very much acting as his character would be. They they stealthily sneak up somewhere and the dwarf just charges in, uh, shouting a battle cry, robbing every one of their surprise round. Um, yeah, so uh, I I now also think I should paint more dwarfs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do I do like dwarfs uh, out of these ones. I I couldn't choose dwarfs in good conscience simply because i don't have any dwarf models it's it's one of the few ranges where i am completely barren i uh, don't own a single dwarf at the moment i think though a lot of the things i said about the high elves you could say about the dwarfs too the very yes. classic fantasy a little bit authors of their their own uh misfortunes sometimes but dwarfs add so much richness and f just a sense of fun to the setting because they are a little bit comical in the way that they're portrayed, but they're also still very just interesting characters. And, and they've, they've got kind of that, like the elves, they, they've got that either penchant for being kind of very, very noble and very honorable or also, you know, very insular and very uh, uh, kind of haughty in their own way, right? But uh, yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great choice. Yeah. Poor humans got left out. Though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I was going to say, let's see if we can uh, fix that with the next choice, but I wanted to do evil next because I think I'm going to know what your answer is. Okay. Uh, orcs and goblins, vampire counts, Skaven or dark elves. And I know Skaven could have been grouped with chaos, but I put them here in evil because otherwise uh, I'd have only three evil races uh, since I split off chaos. All right, I'm I'm going to go maybe off script on this one. And it's only because they're in the same category and I I can't in good faith not do this. I'm going to say orcs and goblins. And I I love my dark elves so much. I'm sorry my dark elves, but orcs and goblins are just necessary. They're just they you have to. You have to have orcs and goblins they're they're fun they're sinister they have beautiful models they have they look great on the tabletop they're the most fun army in the game to play and i will fight anyone on that you can you will never have more fun than playing orcs and goblins especially because of the the limited control sometimes that you have with orcs and goblins but also the potential for just 
silly, fun, random moments. And yeah, yeah, as as much as I if you would put anyone else in that category other than that, it'd be dark elves. But I can't not do works. And <laughs> I had really expected you to say dark elves there. Yeah, um, for me, it would have been orcs and goblins as well. It was my first army. And like you said, you will have a good time either way, winning or losing, playing with them or against them. Uh, because of all the fun stuff that happens and all the randomness and uh, mm-hmm. uh, they did tone that down a little bit in later editions but in 6th edition if you have a squick hurt that exploded you have all those loose models bouncing around the table um, you have a giant that you never know what he's going to do uh, you have trolls that may or may not be stupid it's uh, uh, yeah, not even mentioning fanatics here that's uh, uh, f- fun either way Mm -hmm. My most memorable moments in Warhammer have been games with my orcs and goblins. And that's between editions. That's fifth edition. That's sixth edition. That's second ed fantasy or uh, second ed 40k, I should say. And and all of these times, whenever I play these games and I, I play orcs and goblins, I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is the this is the apex for me. Like, this is where I'm having the most fun. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard, for, hard for me to say uh, or to turn down my my beautiful sweet boy dark elves but uh you know it is what it is you would have made it even harder for me if you had lumped uh undead together oh yeah vampire vampire counts and and uh tomb kings i can like the the two of them i can kind of be like okay like i love these but together it's like chocolate and peanut butter it just it enhances both (laughs) right i maybe should have done that instead (laughs) of uh, put skaven with chaos and then put uh, undead in there um yeah that, that would indeed have made it harder even for me uh all right uh, last category of these uh because there, there will be more to come uh okay. the neutral factions and uh, these are going to be five so it's it's not four but uh Sometimes it's more than four. Uh, Tomb Kings, Dogs of War, Ogre Kingdoms, Wood Elves, and Lizardmen. Okay. Oh, this is a tough category as well. I'm going to say... I'm going to... I'll say Lizardmen for the aesthetic. Mostly the the Hero Hammer 5th Ed aesthetic for Lizardmen. Uh, Also the army that I started the game with. So there's a lot of a lot of good feelings about lizard men. I love the fact that you can make them very colorful. Slan are fantastic. They're just giant toads. Uh, and I love that. And they're so magical. <laughs> Their toads <laughs> are so magical. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be it for me. As an if I can if I have one little honorable mention, I would say ogres are so much fun to play. And I didn't realize that until I, I got basically an army for a song. And decided to paint it up because it wasn't a big time commitment. Started playing it and had an absolute blast. So, ogres close second, but my my, my heart my heart says lizard man. All right, and I feel the poor wood elves are going to be left out because for me it's a toss up between tomb kings and dogs of war. I do like tomb kings a lot. Um, yeah, I I second what you said. If you put undead in there. Uh, that that probably would have been my go-to over orcs and goblins, uh, and that would have mainly been because of the tomb kings. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's the second army I played, and, and Orcs and Goblins was basically recommended because I didn't know anything about fantasy, and people just said, ah, I should play Orcs and Goblins because that's what out now. what's out now. We don't have any Orcs and Goblins players in our high school, and uh, it's a fun and easy army. So, uh, yeah, do Orcs. So I just uh, did that. And then Tomb Kings was the first army I actually chose for myself. It was like, uh, all right, it's this Egypt themed i like egypt uh let's go with tomb kings and actually because of tomb kings i've started to um develop a bit of love for the undead i i didn't really have much going for undead before i started playing tomb kings so that's uh it all one thing led to another and yeah dogs of war uh, i've mentioned it a couple of times on the show probably mostly because of all the hours I spent playing Dark Omen, um, a mercenary force with all those colorful banners, uh, each regiment with its own banner. That's something that's uh, uh, like the demons, uh, very hard to miss on the table. They've got some very nice mechanics. All the characters are named. Uh, some of the the unit champions are actual hero level characters. Uh, they they do pack a punch. And if you look at the 5th edition Dogs of War book, I mean, that's just brilliant. The way that all those posters are in there. Every unit has a has a battle cry. Um, every unit has a, uh, uh, a lot of fluff and background about it. Some reasons why some armies can't hire them. So I think if I have to choose a, um, a gun to my head, it's going to be Tomb Kings. But Dogs of War, close second. Nice, nice. Yeah, they that book is an absolute gem. I was so happy when I was finally able to get a hold of a copy. And it's when you go through it, you if you if you haven't read it in a long time or if you've never read it, you won't be expecting the amount of just sheer comedy and fun that it's... that's in that book. There's a lot of great stories that are really humorous. There's a lot of like fun little anecdotes, the wanted posters that you mentioned. It's really great. It is just a a, a joy to a lot to of puns in there as well. Yeah. And a lot of information on a part of the Warhammer world that doesn't get yeah. in spotlight. Which, you know, the uh um like Tilly and Astalia and then kind of those areas that are that are always very glossed over everywhere else. So yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go to some army specific choices. Pestilence, Scryer, Molder, or Ashen. Oh. I'll take Scryer and be mostly because I love the wonder weapons. I love the toys. I love the Doom Wheel. I love the warp fire thrower. Even some of the later stuff I found to be a lot of fun. So the the rattling gun and the uh oh there was some some like little wheeled doom crusher thing. Yeah, the the Doomflayer. Doomflayer, thank you. I should have known Doom would be in the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh for me, definitely Scryer. I love the aesthetic of all of the 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 skaven kind of wonder weapons and it claw as kind of their uh their special character looks absolutely incredible he's kind of like a you know robo rat and i love him so much um brief honorable mention to 
Clan Pestilence for my favorite Skaven character of all time, which is uh, Skrulk. I love Skrulk. I just think he's just a beautiful model. And uh, for whatever reason, I've always really liked him. There are many beautiful models in the Skaven range, so I, I think you can't really go wrong with uh, with naming any of them. Um, for me, I don't have much experience playing Skaven. I only have one Skaven miniature painted, which is a 4th uh, edition Warlock Engineer, but I am going to use him as a Plague Priest, so I am going to say Pestilence. Nice. Um Although I have been thinking about Scryer for the same reason what you said, uh, the the funky war machines and stuff that blows themselves up, uh, the the whole idea of uh, shooting at your own units because they're going to die anyway. Uh, that's 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 a lot of fun, but yeah. I think pestilence, and it's it's mostly because of the uh, background story. Uh, the clan that went all the way under the sea to Lustria. Um, there they got infected and and the ones that didn't die off uh, actually got stronger because of it and then they return and you've got Nurglitch uh, shaking up the Council of the Thirteen and uh, that whole story behind that. Uh, yeah, the Pestilence is, is uh, being presented as maybe the most powerful clan uh, in, in all of Skavendom, the most powerful single clan, especially if you count the ones that they have uh, behind them. So, uh, yeah, that's um, great fluff and, and also great aesthetic. The models are nice. Um, the, the whole plague sensors where they uh, have this poisonous cloud that, that affects them, but not as much as it affects the enemy. I think that's very Skaveny. So, uh, th- yeah, it would be pestilence for me. Nice. So nice. apart from my dwarfs, I now also have to paint up uh, <laughs> <laughs> plague monks. Yeah, yeah. I, I too don't have any real experience playing Skaven, only losing to Skaven. Uh, because Skaven are my Achilles heel in Warhammer. It just, whenever whenever they're on the table, I'm always in for a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> I am really attracted to their random rules, though. I do love a good set of random rules. So that's, yeah, that's how Scryer came came easily to me all right so now i'm going to make this very difficult for you nathan because you said you love them all corn nurgle siege mm. slanesh and i am going to throw in undivided just for the fun of it okay i knew this was coming uh in my heart of hearts i knew this was coming oh it it's ah <laughs> Noises, stalling <laughs> noises. Uh, Slanesh, Slanesh for me, and it's so hard to choose. I if I had to rank them, it would have to. I, it would be Slanesh, Zinch, Corn, Nurgle. I think would be my the way I would rank the four of them. I enjoy all of them in their own way, but Slanesh was. I don't think it was always like it, maybe when I was I was first getting into the game it was more like i like the big red burly corn demons but slanesh always had such a funky aesthetic i like the big the big claw ladies you know demonettes are fantastic in in all of their iterations i've even kind of come around to the modern ones a little bit and i always just found them to be a little bit more 
interesting from a lore perspective than some of the other ones. Like like Corn and Nurgle, you kind of get what they're about. They're they're a little bit more surface level. You can kind of get a little bit more in depth with with Zinch and Slanesh and I think a lot of it stems from just those aesthetics as well. I really like purples and and pinks and and those kind of colors for my models and my armies. I think that's it's one of the reasons I like my dark elves so much is uh, purple's probably my favorite color to paint miniatures. And you get that in spades with Slanesh. Yeah, I think just all around that's that's going to be that's going to be it for me, but um yeah, how about you? Good choice. Yeah. Um, for the longest of times, I chaos didn't really appeal to me. And now that I've started to uh, pick up some of the miniatures, uh, I yes, have start st- down the dark path. Yes. Join uh, us. Uh, but but that, that works with that for everything. I mean, uh, dark elves completely did not appeal to me. And I was so happy to, to play them last time uh, in that skirmish game. Um uh, they've really grown on me and, and the same with chaos uh, I mean this can grow on you in more than one way uh, let's not talk about mutations right now but uh, f- I think I, I don't like choosing um, for me it would be undivided uh, the the one chaos force that I'm building at the moment is also undivided it's uh, for the 6th edition escalation campaign that I'm uh, running with this buddy of mine and Undivided gives you the chance to just basically mix in everything that's out there. Um, If I had to pick one of the Ruinous Powers, it would probably be either Slanesh or Nurgle. And that's just basically me putting myself in a Warhammer world. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't mind a confrontation from time to time, but... Uh, constant warfare uh, that would be a little bit tiresome so corn yeah, wouldn't be right? it um i do hate change so siege <laughs> would siege is right out the window although i i love the aesthetic and uh, uh the rules that you have with siege and the whole mastery of magic uh, the lord of magic that that siege is that's uh, a lot of a lot of siege is actually very very likable but the whole change part uh change for change's sake that's uh no i don't like change i like i'm very set in my ways so maybe that's also why i picked dwarfs uh, back there i, I um, think i think we're starting to see each of our our personalities yes theme, right like yeah maybe, maybe we should put this out as one of those uh quizzes where you find out your personality <laughs> Just like uh, you can do quizzes, uh, as in, in which uh, Harry Potter house you belong to, and then um, the same with uh, with with all of these options. Uh, so yeah, what well, what's left is then for me uh, one of the fun ones, uh, Slanesh. Um, I, I do like uh, a good time, uh, a good party. Uh, although the constant chasing for new excesses, that's a little bit too much of an addiction level. I, I've, I've had some real life experience with uh, drug addicts and uh, that's not a part you want to go down and uh nurgle yeah uh, you don't want to become ill of course but um seeing as how nurgle is referred to as as papa nurgle and how he uh, he cares for his followers uh, that is something that's very unique among the other 
ruinous powers. So it's going to be either one of those two if if I if I had to choose. I like that. I you know what I think I would lean the same way if you put me in the Warhammer world. I actually have a very addictive personality. It's very easy for me to 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 find things that I like. So, for example, I had a buddy that got married recently, and at the bachelor party, we've all got cigars, of course, because why not? And I I don't smoke. I, I have never smoked, uh, other than you know every now and again, like cigars on special occasions. And I, I had just happened to have this one, and I was like, wow, this is delicious. I love this. And I was just like, come on, really? Like you you have to be. And I'm like that for so many things. I'm not picky at all when it comes to like alcohols or that kind of thing so i could get myself into a lot of trouble very quickly uh, which is one of the reasons that i try not to have many vices is because i i would be very prone to, to all of these and taking them to that excessive level and i figure if you put me in the warhammer world you know again it, it's a place that tries to kill you constantly so you know live a little right <laughs> that would be that would probably be my reason for falling to slanesh nurgle they always just seem to be having a good time, right? And and there's a bit of that big brain play. It's just like, what's the worst that can happen to you if you've already got every disease, right? You're you're a walking pile of diseases. You don't really have much to worry about, right? So, and you've got kind of jolly uh, fellows to to hang out with, and yes, you are spreading plague and death and and that kind of thing, but. You know, there's something to be said for just trying to enjoy life, right? And and Nurgle's kind of all about that. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It would be Slanesh or Nurgle for me, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally get what you say about that whole addictive uh, personality. I, well, I, I think I maybe have it a little bit less than what you describe now, because I, I do occasionally enjoy cigars, but I can have a box in my home without smoking them for months at a time. And uh, my father-in-law was here the other day and we had a cigar together and uh, he said, oh, that's something I could never do uh, just to to have a box in my house. And then uh, the last one I smoked before this one last week was uh, on New Year's Eve. Uh, so that's over half a year ago. And, and I don't have the, the urge to, to smoke or to drink. I can... Um, I, I do enjoy drinks of, of many different persuasions, but if I don't have a drink for, uh, if I don't have alcohol for, for a long time, I, well, I miss it, but it's not that I'm going to get, um, like uh, the, the shakes or anything, uh, have to have it. So, um, yeah, and I think it's the same for me with uh, with Warhammer. It's this. Uh, uh, I I will admit that I, that it is uh, probably also an addiction for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I was trying. I was trying to avoid being like, "Oh, what's your biggest addiction?" Oh, wait. Yes. Hold on. <laughs> it's miniatures. It's it's Warhammer. It's it's miniatures, right. definitely. Yeah. That's my biggest vice. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think uh, you and I are not alone and that many of the listeners that we have can uh, probably say the same thing if they are honest to themselves. <laughs> All right, let's move away from chaos for a bit and go to the last of the army-specific choices. This is another one, a choice of five. Von Garstein, Blood Dragon, Lamia, Necrarch, or Strigoi? Oh, no. This is a nasty one, GJ. 
mostly because these are all awesome. They they did a fantastic job with the bloodlines. Also because two of these speak directly to movies that I absolutely love. The Von Karsteins and the Necrarchs. I, I love the old monster movies. I love Nosferatu. I love Dracula, the old uh, Bela Lugosi. Oh, you've really, you've really hurt me with this one. Um, it, it'd be Von Karstein. Von Karstein because I, the, the, the suaveness, the, the very classic Dracula, uh, noble vampire is my favorite type of vampire. I love the look of kind of the Nosferatu very bat or rat like kind of features and, and, and that whole thing. But yeah, Von Karstein's have everything I want in a vampire, which is, is that, that kind of powerful look to them, the, the regalness, the nobleness, but also the bestial nature of them as well. And, uh, the fact that they can control bats and wolves and stuff, I find really, uh, really fun and really interesting and kind of speaks to, to some of those old, uh, vampire stories. So yeah, it's. Oh, it's a hard one, but yeah, that's that's me. You can't go wrong with von Karstein. That's true. Yeah, I for me, I, I my mind went to the uh, back of the book army lists, and I'm including the uh, uh, Karstein uh, Army of Sylvania list uh, here. And then there are also, I think, no bad choices. Although I must say that the this is all coming down to one single rule, which is that a uh, Lamian vampire can have heroes yes. in a list from other armies. And just that whole idea of having a, uh, a Swain from, uh, from another army in your force, uh, that's such a nice fluffy rule. Um, it's so yeah, that, cool. That's, yeah. that's the one that... Um, uh, tip the scales for me. That's and, that's a, such a great point. I didn't even think about those lists once you when you asked the question, but that actually just doubles down on the von Karstein for me because their their list with the uh, Sylvanian levy. Yes, just the idea. I love that idea of humans marching alongside the dead. So cool. I I just I love it so much. But the Lamian thing, you can have so much fun with. I I absolutely get it. I always picture a Bretonian paladin or something when I think of that. That's always what I I picture. But of course, you can you can use all sorts of different characters and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see someone you know painted up and in, in maybe in matching colors too, like a a disgraced empire noble or yeah, like a knight of Bretonia or so something something that that speaks to that kind of like fallen hero type of thing. I'd love to see. Well, then I have good news for you because uh, Emil, where I was last week for a, a game of 5th edition, um, he has also had a few narrative battles and he played against uh, High Elves. So he got that High Elf Mage that's making the uh, like the Crescent Moon sign or the Devil Horns, whatever you want to call <laughs> yes, it. Yes, I know the guy. Uh, yeah. he, he painted him up as a... Uh, uh, sort of an, an undead swain um, specifically for this campaign also a Bretonian knight the, the Bretonian foot knight with a hammer uh, he also painted him in, in, in I believe it was a muslin colors uh, he told me all the stories but, but we talked so much I don't remember all the details so sorry about that Emil uh, I do have to catch up 
soon, I hope. But um, yeah, we uh, after our fifth edition game, we played a couple of uh, skirmish games as well, one, uh, which was a uh, two young necromancers battling on a graveyard, raising zombies every turn, and then uh, yeah, having it out uh, against each other. And he gave me that uh, that high elf mage as a necromancer um, because I was playing high elves uh, in the battle before that, so. Uh, yeah, really thematic. Uh, he, he um, I believe in the narrative they played, he captured this mage and he used the same model that his opponent had, uh, which is uh, Wout Jan, who also uh, listens to the podcast. And um, he painted this up in, in, the, uh, in his own, uh, sort of his own color scheme, at least a little bit grittier than the... Uh, than the noble high elf that you expect it to be. Uh, really cool. Also really cool backstory behind that. So uh, not a shout out to Emil. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that so much. All right. Before we... Um, no, we're going to move away from the army-specific questions here. And I have some uh, game mechanic questions for you. Uh, also, uh, also three of those. Uh, the first one is a core, special, rare, or character. I'll go core. And the reason why is that I've always really liked a lot of the base troops in the game. And I always thought that the game should be mostly about those core units. And some of the ones that really speak to me, like the high elf spearmen, any elven spearmen, actually, um like Lizardmen, Saurus, Orc, Warriors, that kind of thing. I think they're really the heart and soul of Warhammer. So, yeah, give me the core. All right, core it is. Uh, for me, it would probably be a toss-up between rare and character because in those slots, you usually have the things that make Warhammer a fantasy game. Uh, apart from, of course, if you're playing a, a fantasy race like Elves or Dwarves. But you have the... Um, the really crazy stuff in there, uh, which is what I like, and also the characters, the magic, uh, which is a big part of Warhammer. So, I think if I if I have to choose now, maybe because of this last battle where the characters play such an important role in Fifth Edition, it's going to be character. Nice. So, uh, yeah, th that might also uh, lead to a logical answer for the next question. Uh, Hero Hammer, 6th, 7th, or 8th? And I intentionally left oh. out uh, the Orchard Edition. <laughs> because otherwise, uh, you'd be obliged to, uh, I, I would to mention be, yes, that. Yeah. 6th yeah. <sighs> to play, I think, is going to be my answer. As much as in terms of lore and books and, and overall look, I would choose fifth edition, but for actual game mechanics and the way that things work, I think it has to be sixth ed. I really like the fact that it did bring units more to the forefront instead of, of the, the crazy characters. And I, I really actually like the way they did leadership mechanics in sixth and, and a bunch of other things, honestly. So if you, 
locked me in a room and said you can only play i don't know why you're locking me in a room but uh if you'd only play six you can only play six or one edition for the rest of your life it would probably be sixth edition i would probably just play sixth edition with fifth ed models (laughs) (laughs) all right good choice yeah i think for me it would also be sixth edition it was the edition that i started with and it is also the edition that i think um got the most love overall Although in the Hero Hammer era, you see that too with the campaign packs and everything. But in 6th edition, you had uh, the skirmish rules, you had the siege rules all included in the in the main rulebook. Uh, plus you had all those lovely supplements, like, mm-hmm. uh, all the back of the book army lists, the Storm of Chaos army lists, all the White Dwarf stuff with a lot of special characters and the Steam Tank and the, uh, the Doom Wheel and, and all those units that have been cut started to reappear. Um, but if I have to be very honest, I would have to probably say uh, 6th edition with the 5th edition Magic Phase uh, mechanics. The, the cards, just that game within a game, uh, drawing cards, playing them against each other. Uh, that is so much fun. And that that's um, when I started playing, it was just when when 6th came out, so a lot of people still played 5th, and, and we played mostly 5th edition rules with 6th edition stats. And um, oh, oh, now it was the other way around. But but uh, I played a couple of games of 5th back then, and I remember the, those cards, the magic phase, the stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, you, you can't beat that. No, no, that's... It is a really fun and interesting game within a game. Yeah, there's something just very satisfying i think about the fifth head magic phase yeah all right um we come to our second from last question okay this one is going to dive again into the uh, lore or or mechanics or whatever it is you want to do Uh, this is not going to be a choice of four or five but a choice of eight and the choice being fire, death, life, beast, lights, heavens, shadow, or metal. Oh, okay. Make me pick on pick the winds. Ooh. So that is such a good question. Because it leaves out. I think all of my favorite lores, which is like <laughs> necromantic and, and uh, dark magic for the, the dark elves and stuff. And, but I, I have always been really fond of the lore of beasts. I think it's, it's a cool mix of things in a lot, in, in a lot of the additions. I, I like a lot of like the, the crazy transformations I really like some of like the fun unit buffs that you can give out. There's there's a good mix of interesting things usually in uh, the lore of beasts. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I'll go. All right, awesome. Um, for me, for the longest time, I didn't play any of the uh, armies that had access to those lores. Um, it's only recently that I've been branching out and and taking some of them, but I think my all-time favorite of those would be the lore of fire just because it is so classic and probably also because you in in dark omen i have to mention once again uh, in dark omen you 
well, you don't really start out, but after after like four or five battles, you get a fire mage, yeah, and and he just um, he, he's Go such off. a fun character. Yeah. Uh, he has he's such nice uh, um, nice dialogue as well. But he's also in game. He's a great guy to use, uh, casting fireballs. I mean, what what's what's more iconic than just the simple fireball? So yeah, there's yeah. nothing. No. The Bright Wizards look so incredible to the Empire Bright Wizards. My God. Like, what a what an outfit to walk around in. The the bright yellows and reds and, and the fiery hair. And yeah, I, I can't get enough of them. That's a great choice. Yeah, so that's what I would go with. All right, the last one, Nathan, for this, uh, this episode. Uh, I, I did have some more. I cut them out for uh, time uh, purposes uh, because we're already... Uh, on it for a long time but um that's good. that's good bonus content for later though we can we can do that we can we can get back to them um this is going to be a choice of nine movement okay. weapon skill ballistic skill <laughs> strength toughness initiative attacks wounds or leadership and i also left out uh the uh, third edition stats uh, like uh, cool and intelligence but uh, feel free if you want to include them I'm going to give you some okay. leeway here oh man don't let me don't let me add cool cuz i'm going to pick <laughs> cool it's so dumb <laughs> like it, right. it, everything it did was was leadership basically um so for me it's going to be movement i've become a real I guess, convert to the school of movement is the most important stat. And I, I love things that go unreasonably fast. Uh, and it's just, it's just what I like in, in tabletop games in general, not just in Warhammer. Uh, I, I played uh, X-Wing for a while. And uh, my my one strategy was to take the fastest ships I could and just zoom around everywhere. And uh, I lost a lot, but it was fun. I, I really like that freedom of, of movement. And it just opens up the game so much more to what you want to do and, and how you want to do it and kind of picking your fights and stuff. And, and especially for Warhammer Fantasy, so much of the game is won or lost in the movement phase. I think just the the higher you get that movement stat, the more of an advantage you give yourself. And some of my favorite kind of like models and units and things are those uh, those fast cavalry units, things like Dark Riders or uh, Daemonettes on Steeds of Slanesh or the, uh, the great... Uh, Lord of Slanesh uh, and Anointed of Slanesh that you could get in the uh, Cult of Slanesh list uh, for the Dark Elves in uh, Storm of Chaos, where you could get the movement 10 Steeds of Slanesh and just just absolutely bomb around the battlefield wherever you wanted to go and picking your fights and having this crazy chaos-possessed Dark Elf who was just going to shred everyone to bits, so... Yeah, yeah. Movement is, I think it's just so important to the game and it's just, it's freedom, right? It's freedom of action. So that's, that's my choice. Good choice. Yeah, I agree with you that movement is probably the most important one in this, uh, in this list. Uh, although for me, if I have to pick a favorite, I would probably say strength. Um, and the reason for that is because uh, strength, a high strength 
not only gives you a higher chance to wound your opponent, but it also takes away the armor save. So that has a twofold benefit. Mm, yeah, um, that's a great. Yeah, yeah. I, each stat, of course, has its own place, especially in eighth edition when initiative became more important. After playing tomb kings and orcs, which are both low initiative armies. Uh, doing something like high elves which is uh, high weapon skill high ballistic skill but then again low toughness uh, that's uh, um it's probably more a combination than a single stat that you have to uh, yeah have to look at but uh, apart from movement because movement is just important all around so uh, i think you have the best pick there but I am going to uh, stand on this hill and say that uh, stre- <laughs> strength is the one that uh, that I like. S- strength is great for feeling like your army is powerful, right? Like even if it's if it, even if it's slow and ponderous and and just you know you're you're getting rings run around you, you're just like you just wait until I get to you. Yes, <laughs> you wait, right? And I I feel you on that because as a kid, it was always strength with me, and I. I Part of it was like a a lack of understanding of the nuances of the game, but me going through my Lizardmen book and just being like, oh, Stregadon, Strength 7, like, I got to get me one of those, right? And and kind of ignoring things like uh, probably uh, like attacks and and initiative and, and, you know, the more nuanced like, well, how many times do you hit? And like, I don't care. I hit at Strength 7. That'll be enough, yes. right? <laughs> um, but yeah, you raise a good point with with strength modifiers to armor saves is something that i absolutely love and i really wish that 40k had never lost because when you play second edition 40k it's in there but then from third edition onward strength doesn't modify armor saves and it always felt like oh this is so dumb right because sometimes you'd have like something that strength six or seven that was you know hitting something with like a, a five up armor save, like an Imperial guardsman with a flak jacket. Right. And you're just like, no, no, no. Like he's paced. You, you can't take a save for that. That's ridiculous. Um, so stuff like that. I, I do, I do think Warhammer fantasy did strength well in that regard. And yeah, you felt more powerful. Like if you're strength five, right. You're just like, oh yeah, you can have heavy armor on. I'm just going to punch right through it. It doesn't matter. So yeah, I like that. I like that pick. Yeah, but it's like you said, if you don't have the uh, web skill to hit or the the attacks to hit with, then strength won't do you any good. So this is also why I said they all work together and uh, the the smart pick would have been movement. Uh, (laughs) But you already said that, so I wanted to pick something else. Can I I pick weapon skill as my least favorite stat? Because weapon skill never did as much as I thought it should. No, the the whole... And I think the reason for that is the whole... uh, ones and twos are always fail <laughs> mechanic maybe if it was like uh, hit on a two plus uh minimum just like strength um i uh, think then it would have been a a much better stat but uh yeah yeah i always felt it so weird that you'd have a weapon skill 10 bloodthirster versus a weapon skill 2 goblin and you're just like why why do i have a 33 percent chance to miss like why is that a thing that's happening right now <laughs> and well, uh, on the flip side like why is that goblin have a 33 percent chance of hitting me right like <laughs> yeah it, it should be uh, the other way around because yeah. a goblin is small and it 
chunk away <laughs> right, from, right. Uh, from a yeah. slow, cumbersome axe. And Bloodthirst uh, is big. You can hit it a lot of times. Yeah, you you hear hear this heard this here first, folks. Uh, Goblin much much better than than the Bloodthirster. Yes. Games Workshop, please fix. Uh, you know, there should be a size modifier to weapon skill just to uh, hmm. to make it all um, yeah even more what? complicated. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's overcomplicate things more. I remember in Dungeons and Dragons uh, in the third edition, and it's probably in other editions too. But I remember like halflings and gnomes had a bonus to their armor yes. because they were small, and it always made sense, right? Because yeah, they they are a little harder to hit. So maybe you're right. Maybe goblins should have like a four plus armor save just because there's not a lot of goblin there to hit. Yeah, and and uh, and, and it, it worked yeah. with size categories in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I, right, I also yeah. uh, I played uh, third edition and three point five, so I don't know about the other editions, uh, especially mm-hmm. the later ones. But I assume that something like that is probably still around, and uh, it does make sense that that it is much easier to hit a uh, a, a giant or an ogre than it is mm-hmm. a a goblin or a, yeah. or, or a fairy or something like that. You have, right. uh, yeah. So for Warhammer the Old World, uh, pretending that that's still a thing that's happening, uh, Snotlings, I want to see two plus safe. Yes. That's it. Two plus safe Snotlings. And if they, if they don't get a two plus save, I, I will, I will write in. I'll hand write a letter. <laughs> a strongly worded letter. Yeah. It'll be an Orcish too. It'll be, uh, <laughs> it'll be on, it'll be on a scrap of that stinging you're doing. Yeah, and I'll have to have written it in dung or something. I think. <laughs> well, let's just stick to we'll enjoy um, that letter. Let's just stick to ranting on the podcast in that case. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> all right. GJ, thank you so much. This has been yeah, that was it. Fun. And I feel like I feel like we've learned a lot about our personalities <laughs> through this. Through which, these which questions, I think is an added bonus. I didn't see this. Yeah. Uh, as as a, as a way to just uh, get to know your hosts, but yeah, um, yeah in the end, I, I should have probably seen that it would have <laughs> had this effect. Hopefully, everyone's been playing along at home, so hopefully, you've got a little bit more understanding about yourself too. This is a self help podcast now and forever, and what we've learned today is a lot about yourself. So take this, listeners, and uh, incorporate these new things you've learned into your psyche. And, uh, of course, if you fail to worship the right chaos God after this point, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be a disappointment, but, uh, I can't tell you which God is right for you. You have to know, and you'll likely be struck down, uh, by the right chaos God. If you choose the wrong one after this, this was the, the moral of this story, right? Was picking the right chaos. Yes, God yes, you? yes. Yeah, uh, okay. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. I got to stop talking because this is getting silly. It was. It didn't start silly. It started very serious, <laughs> uh, but it's now for, become silly. So. For, for some reason, uh, the podcasts always tend to end up silly, even if they mm-hmm. didn't start that mm-hmm. way. Which is weird because we're both such serious pre- people. Yes, so. yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that. We, we never joke off the air. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna about do it for this one. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, have a great week thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Instagram or email us at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us on Facebook at the Warhammer Orchard.